Let's go. It is Friday, pre-Bedlam, and we've got yourself a a heck of an interesting football game tomorrow in Stillwater. The Sooners are favored by six in this uh, enormous, gargantuan, just uh, gigantic Bedlam matchup tomorrow in Stillwater. Welcome, everybody. It's an OEC Fiber Football Friday. Mike Steely with you here at Riverwind Casino, my home away from home where they have the uh, newly renovated gaming floor looking great as usual. All kinds of great promotions for you. We've got the Showplace Theater back in action, great dining options, great chance to win a jackpot and win cash and bonus play out here all the time at Riverwind. Their promotions are the very best in the business, and uh, we're going to be telling you more about those as we move along today here at Riverwind. But it's another big weekend as usual. Parker Thune back in the Buffalo Wild Wings studios. How are we doing? Well, dang, Steele, I didn't expect you to go full sensationalist right off the bat. A gargantuan bed matchup, huh? I, I believe it is, right? I mean, uh, season on the line for the Sooners and uh, the Cowboys. They win this football game tomorrow, and they've got about as easy a path as you can get uh, to potentially be in that Big 12 championship game with uh, the matchups they have at UCF, at Houston, at home against BYU. But let's play some football tomorrow at 2.30 and decide, you know, whose season is uh, moving in the right direction again for Hang Oklahoma. Hang on, Steely. Is that Mule mm-hmm. Shoes music playing behind you? Yes, it is. Tell me lies, tell me sweet little lies by Fleetwood Mac. You know, I was thinking about this again on the way over. If the Sooners win this game tomorrow, most people still are picking Oklahoma. They're a six-point favorite. Lee Sterling on with Plank this morning, who's always really good, picked Oklahoma to win and picked Oklahoma to cover. But if the Sooners win this game tomorrow, you know, you're back on track. Uh, you, you've got a great chance to, be again, be in the Big 12 championship game. They'll be easily favored to win the remaining three games on their schedule. And, you know, you get a little help. Maybe you're right back there again. You've got a shot at the college football playoff. But, you know, what would help? Mule shoe taking down Washington. Oh no! Help. But I, oh, I don't no. think the suit. I don't think the Sooners are ready to go there. The Sooner Nation collectively. I'm not going there. No way. I'm going there. No way. I mean, I I would root for Mule shoe against Texas Tech, and uh, that's maybe. Well, no, I wouldn't even root for him against Texas Tech. I wouldn't root for Mule shoe against anybody. So. I don't think the Sooner fans could could do that. I don't know. Maybe we'll uh, let let them let us know on the uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at uh, 405-651-3439. All right, uh, two new commits for the Sooners. We were expecting uh, Marcus James yesterday. Also got Trene Washington as well, Parker, and we'll talk more in depth and play an excerpt from your interview you guys had exclusive on uh, OU Insider yesterday with uh, Marcus James here in a little bit, but that was nice for OU. A little, uh, little, little, it was almost like, you know, thinking that you're done unwrapping all your Christmas presents and mom or dad says, oh, you forgot one. It's right there behind the tree, you know, or whatever. That's really what it was. A lot of people were taken aback, surprised, pleasantly surprised at that by the addition of Trene Washington yesterday. Everybody knew, obviously, that Marcus James was committing. Trene Washington hadn't publicly announced any plans to commit, so it was a really unique ceremony for those that got the chance to see it. A really unique ceremony because Marcus James throws on the hat, then grabs another hat, tosses it to Trene, and Trene comes walking up 
and they announced that they've committed together. So two for one in a single day out at Carl Albert High, where the Sooners now have four commits, Steely, four commits at the same school. I can't recall a time in the modern recruiting era where that has happened. Yeah, and, and we know that Carl Albert's a powerhouse. So, uh, yeah, if, you can, uh, if you've can, if you got that pipeline working for you, that's going to pay a lot of dividends for Brent and his staff uh, down the stretch and throughout their tenure at Oklahoma. All right, so we'll get to uh, more of that coming up and hear from Marcus James in the next segment. But let's talk Bedlam. Ollie Gordon is on a roll. He is a kind of an outside Heisman candidate right now. You're still seeing other guys up there higher on the list. But if Ollie Gordon has a game like he's been having tomorrow in Bedlam, 2.30 on ABC, he's at least going to New York City. He's at least going to be in New York City. So the Sooners obviously looking to stop the uh, Cowboy running back. Let's hear from Desan McCullough on the challenge for Oklahoma tomorrow stopping Ollie Gordon. He gets a lot of carries. Uh, he's a great running back, big, tall, so I mean, shoot. He just kind of has all the, like, ability to make those plays happen. So he's, he, he has some speed, too, breaks a lot of tackles, so we're just going to have to, you know, do a good job with him. I mean, I think it's going to be a great challenge for us. Uh, I think we are definitely up for the challenge, too. Um, guys got to refocus, you know, recalibrate and kind of get back physical. You know, if we come in this game more physical than them, I don't really see it being an issue for us. There you go. Uh, Desan McCullough sounding confident. The Sooners weren't uh, physical enough. Uh, certainly last week against Kansas, the tackling was not good at all. They're going to have to improve that. You cannot arm tackle Ollie Gordon. So uh, we'll see how that plays out uh, tomorrow in this matchup. Meanwhile, Mike Gundy last night on the Orange Power Hour uh, was asked, you know, what are you thinking about uh, Oklahoma and how they're going to play you defensively in this matchup, and you probably can expect what the answer is going to sound like. Here it is. And I think and would guess that their defensive game plan is going to be devoted to stopping the run. If I was playing us, I would think that that's what you would want to do as a coach. So our challenge is to continue to rush the football to balance our offense. In most cases, when teams go all out to stop the run, it opens up passes. It's a real simple process so we have to do a good job of coaches of balancing and attacking the defense based on what they make available to us so we can't just come in a game and say we're going to rush for 200 yards no matter what because it's a numbers game if they put an extra person in the box the majority of the time he or that person would have to fit the wrong gap or we'd have to break a tackle and those percentages aren't as good as being able to facilitate an offense based on what they give you there you go. Mike Gundy uh, talking about, you know, what everybody thinks is that Oklahoma clearly is going to load up that box or uh, try and stop Ollie Gordon because he's the engine who runs that offense. Alan Bowman, you know, has shown he's capable of making some throws. And when you've got a running back who's breaking loose and breaking off big runs like Ollie Gordon has lately, it's a lot easier to throw the football. So, Parker, uh, what's your feeling right now on uh, how the Sooners are going to fare against that red-hot running back for the Cowboys. Well, I just had a sneezing fit, Steely, so you might need to filibuster for me while I take a few seconds to recover if I start sneezing again. But my feel on this game is, look, Mike Gundy, (laughs) you kind of said it, Steely, Gundy's answer shouldn't surprise anybody. I mean, 
the calculus for Oklahoma State is pretty straightforward. Everybody knows what to expect tomorrow. Everybody knows in all likelihood what you're going to get, which is a steady diet of Ollie Gordon on the ground for Oklahoma State. And the Sooners making every single effort to race out in front early and make the Pokes play from behind. Because, as I mentioned yesterday, the largest deficit that the Cowboys have overcome all year is eight points. They're not really a team that's engineered to play from behind, to play from a deficit. So, yeah, I would expect the Sooners to sell out to stop the run early and also to open things up in the passing game a little bit more and a little bit earlier than we have seen them do so in the past. Yeah, and uh, clearly for the Sooners tomorrow, the uh, the major concern everybody has coming in is the health of the uh, the Sooner defense. You know, most notably the captain and leader of that defense, Danny Stutzman, who has been the best player on that side of the football and has been kind of the second coach out there on the field. You need Danny Stutzman out there. But there is a chance again, and it looks like this is just going to be a game time. Let's go through warm-ups, see how we're feeling, how we're doing. Kind of decision with Danny Stutzman tomorrow on the offensive side. Going to be that way, it looks like, with Marcus Walker tomorrow. So those are key question marks for Oklahoma. Uh, Gentry Williams has been going through practice. He's going to play. Uh, The other question is Peyton Bowen, who's been uh, walking around in a boot, played some. Uh, sparingly the last uh, couple games, but not as much as they'd like to have him in there. So that's the real uh, question mark, I think. Uh, Parker going in for OU tomorrow is how healthy are the Sooners going to be? And they were banged up last week. That didn't help. You saw the drop-off from Gentry Williams to Kanai Walker when the Sooners had to scramble to figure out a solution at cornerback because they weren't planning on Gentry Williams missing that football game. Gentry Williams traveled. He was suited up. He was going through warm-ups get close to kickoff and he decides or rather the Sooners decide okay not gonna have you play today so that was kind of a spur of the moment scramble for the Oklahoma staff to figure out okay how do we account for the absence of Gentry Williams and okay the natural solution is you just stick your next guy up in the mix but the next guy up in Kenai Walker was very obviously not ready or perhaps just not capable of being able to keep up with Kansas' receivers. So I think we have the expectation that Williams is going to return tomorrow. We have the expectation that Tawi Walker is going to be back. I think the enormous question mark is obviously Danny Stutzman because naturally if you're going up against a running back as talented as Ollie Gordon, you would like to have your butt-kiss award contender available. Now, if not... I don't think all is lost for Oklahoma. I think that just means you see a ton more Kip Lewis and a ton more DeSan McCullough, and both of those guys have had some really impressive moments for Oklahoma in 2023. So I don't think it's as simple as, oh, Danny Stutzman can't play. Well, better pack it in. Looks like the Pokes are taking this one up. No, I I still think Oklahoma is going to be able to hold their own defensively. But will they have a difference maker on the interior of that defense the way that they would if Stutzman were available? I think the obvious answer there is no. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Danny Stutzman has been the heart and soul of this football team. There is no doubt about it. You saw the uh, the pregame speech in the locker room in the Cotton Bowl, and, uh, the, you know, those guys have taken their cue from him, not only on the defensive side of the ball, but I think, you know, it's, it's, it's Stutzman 1, DG 1A as the uh, leaders of that football team. So we'll see if he's ready to go tomorrow. Clearly that's going to be massive 
uh, for Oklahoma. All right, by the way, the DeSean McCullough clips and the Mike Gundy soundbite are Ortho Central clips of the day. We want to thank Ortho Central, their clinics in Norman and in Midwest City. And they're in the uh, Tri-City area now as well, Newcastle, Tuttle, and Blanchard. They have the best reputation and a great, great, great track record of being the best full-service clinics to treat orthopedic and sports medicine injuries. It is an OAC Fiber Football Friday. Mike Steely with you here at Riverwind Casino. Happy to be out here and uh, can't wait for Bedlam tomorrow. Our pregame show, 10.30 a.m. tomorrow right here on the ref all right take a quick break let's hit up the text line 405-651-3439 knippelmeyer chevrolet text line we'll head there and uh, all that's coming up next we're also going to hear from marcus james when we get back right here on the ref oec fiber football friday mike steely with you out here at the one the only riverwind casino get on out of here tonight's a great night uh, to enjoy steak night at the river buffet it is big time all you can eat steak all the fixings a little dessert bar afterwards 1999 and uh, tomorrow night at seafood night they have a great brunch on Sunday, so many great dining options out here at Riverwind Casino. And again, get out and uh, take part in the big drawings they will have tomorrow night for the $100,000, the 100K electric winnings drawings happening again tomorrow night. They start here tomorrow night between 6 and 1130 with grand prize drawings just before midnight. Get on out of here and win your share of $100,000 in cash and bonus play. And don't forget... To participate in the final championship countdown, Uh, there are specific gaming machines out here that have final championship countdown logos all over them. They are the uh, Awesome Games gaming machines, and rack up as many points on those machines, you know, playing with your wild card, and then when they tally up the results, uh, which is going to happen November 9th, which will be next Thursday, uh, they're going to have five patrons on their way to the final Big 12 championship game, hotel, airfare, you know, your ground transportation. Riverwind's even going to provide you with $500 cash to go to the game. I'm not talking about one prize winner. We're talking about five prize winners. So get out and play these uh, final championship countdown machines. Just uh, come on the gaming floor if you can't find them. Usually uh, they're pretty easy to find. The signage is all over these machines. But if you can't, just ask one of the uh, employees here at Riverwind. They'll put you in the right direction. So more ways to win here, as always, at Riverwind Casino. All right, Marcus James, an exclusive with Parker Thune last night on OU Insider. Here's what the Carl Albert three-star athlete said about why he picked Oklahoma. It made sense for me because I grew up watching OU. You know, I've always been a huge OU fan. So, uh, But the one thing that I didn't like about OU like in the past is the defense because they always they wasn't known for having a great, outstanding defense. But now with Coach Venables here and him two years in and already making the improvement he has so far, I just know he's uh, going to take this program to the next level and win a national championship. So that's probably why I hopped on board because I – I know he's going to turn me into a Bucks Award winner because he does that to eight other linebackers so far. So as a linebacker, who's better to play for than Coach Venables? There you go, right there, Marcus James, sounding confident. And uh, also the Sooners, again, who expected to get 
Marcus James' commitment yesterday. Also got one from his teammate, Trenay Washington, which was not expected. Now, down the road, you're thinking, yeah, the Sooners got a great shot to get that one as well, but didn't expect it yesterday. So pretty big day yesterday, Parker, for the Sooners on the recruiting trail. Huge day, and we've long talked about the 2025 class being one of the best that the state of Oklahoma has ever seen. And it's encouraging to see the Sooners locking down so much of the state's top talent in that cycle so early in the process. These guys are still juniors in high school. There's a long way to go till signing day, but obviously it doesn't stand a reason that any of these commitments are in any degree of jeopardy, especially when you've got Kevin Sperry as kind of the glue there within your in-state hall and especially out there at Carl Albert High School. So uh, really, really encouraging work that the Sooners have been able to do on the in-state recruiting trail. I was down in Melissa last night watching Nigel Smith and was having a conversation with a couple other folks in the industry during that game, and they were marking on the fact that, and we all kind of know it, we all kind of understand it, right, Steely, that Muleshoe and his staff didn't really prioritize in-state recruiting. I mean, they did it. They didn't prioritize it. Brent Venables and his staff have taken a diametrically opposite approach. They have ensured that every single player that is capable of contributing at the University of Oklahoma and that grows up and plays high school football in the Sooner State not only has an OU offer, but in the overwhelming majority of cases is coming home to Norman. There you go. All right, so now the waiting again is happening, still waiting on uh, Eddie Pierre-Louis. EPL and Grant Bricks, and I guess uh, a lot of this also is on who's visiting again next week for the West Virginia game, correct? So the plan is right now for Eddie Pierre-Louis, for Grant Bricks, and for Kobe Black to visit next week for the West Virginia game. So that could be, I mean, legitimately, really the only three uncommitted targets you have left in the 2024 class all could be on campus at the same time. Now, now I, I'm kind of in believe-it-when-I-see-it territory with Kobe Black. I'm not entirely convinced he actually takes that visit. But with EPL and with Bricks, I mean, that's your chance to close right there. I think I, I'll, I'll put it to you this way. I think if you see a decision within two weeks of that visit from either Eddie or Bricks, it's going in Oklahoma's favor. If it lasts longer than two weeks thereafter, that's where you start to get real squeamish and uneasy. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. All right, and we will have Brandon Drum on with us uh, as we do each and every Friday, joining us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Coming up again at 135, we'll get Brandon's thoughts on Bedlam and, of course, a lot more recruiting information as well. All right, why don't we, uh, why don't we get to the... Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, Parker, 405-651-3439. See what the Rep Army has to say. The text line is taking you to task for a great many things today, Steely. Oh, no. One listener said, stoked for Pete and Thune at noon. <laughs> Another 918 you listener know, says. I haven't made my official pick yet. Okay, I'm telling okay, you, that's a strategic well, move in the Rep Royal Rumble. Okay, yeah, well, here's what's going to happen. Either you're going to pick Oklahoma State for your official pick and triple down on the pokes, or you're going to pick the Sooners, and all of us, for the remainder of time, will reflect on this week, this game, and how you talked out of both sides of your mouth 
and picked the Pokes in the Ref Royal Rumble, but then made your quote-unquote official pick on air in favor of the Sooners. A 918 listener says, Steel Man's going to be jumping back on the OU bandwagon tomorrow at about 6 p.m. How did this get started again? Who threw me under the bus? Come on, man. Come on. I see what you're doing, Parker. I see what you're doing. You're trying to play mind games with me. I know what you're doing. I'm tr- I'm caught in a trap. Listen, I can't I walk just, out. It's not mind games, Steely. I just appreciate intellectual honesty. You can't pick the pokes in the ref Royal Rumble and then make your quote-unquote official pick. Oklahoma. By the way, everybody's also mad at you because uh, you floated the idea of OU fans potentially rooting for USC this weekend, which, I mean, to be fair, it is objectively true that USC beating Washington would allow Oklahoma to control their own destiny, and so USC could actually do OU a favor by winning tomorrow. However, OU fans are still not inc- inclined to pull for the Trojans. Jesse G says, I wouldn't root for Mule Shoe against the Taliban. Jay in Tulsa says, there's no way in hell. A 918 listener wants to know, Steely USC versus Texas, who you got? I know, conundrum. <laughs> uh, that one would be tough. Uh, honestly, right now, I'd probably root for Texas. Would that hey, be a first I, I for you? Um, you know, you know, I rooted for Texas actually in the oh, no. Vince Young versus Leonard and the Pete Carroll USC. But you got to understand, I've had some Longhorns in the family, so and you know, I I didn't worry about well, oh, you're just going to lose every single recruit if they win. I just wanted a good game, but I found myself rooting for Texas down the stretch in that game because I don't, I've never really liked USC that much. And then you add mule shoe to the mix, and it's it's just not good. So, yeah, there you go. All right, 405-651-3439. We also want to thank our friend Tim Lasher. Big Bedlam kick in 1983, huge uh, for the Sooners. And uh, his company, they'll come through in the clutch for you as well. Going to need that furnace looked at real soon. I know the temperatures are getting a little bit warmer next week, but it's going to be real cold soon. So give Tim Lasher and Lasher Home Comfort Systems a call, 405-579-3113. Come after me! Sounds like that's what they're doing today on the tax line. That's fine. That's fine. I'm a big boy. Not really. Uh, 405-651-3439. And uh, also when we get back, we have the dumbass clip of the week. Oh, what do you think this. it's going to be? What do you think? We'll find out when we get back. Keep it here. OEC Fiber Football, Friday, tomorrow morning, 10.30, our pregame show for the most important Bedlam game in the history of mankind, tomorrow, 2.30 on ABC. Maybe it's not the most important game in the history of mankind, but it's pretty close. And if you want to see that Bedlam game better than anybody else, you need to be thinking about the new LASIK, all right? You're in your 40s or older. You're on the way to senility like me. Well... Right now, you can take care of things. Let me introduce you to the new LASIK, very simply known as lens replacement. Lens replacement provides a permanent fix to your vision needs, unlike LASIK, which many times will leave patients needing reading glasses or adjusting to monovision. Lens replacement can eliminate the need for additional glasses 
after your surgery. So the best part of the whole deal is with lens replacement, you also will never need a cataract surgery. That's a big deal. So be thinking about lens replacement with the new LASIK. It is a major leap forward in vision correction. So if you're ready to see 2020, then check out the new LASIK available at thenewlasik.com. Are we ready to spin, Parker Thune, the dumbass clip of the week? What do you think? You ready? I mean, this is my favorite segment of every single week, Steely. So by all means, at your leisure. I'm very curious to find out who this is because I honestly don't have a clue. I don't know. I was thinking by the tone of your voice uh, when I mentioned the dumbass clip of the week was coming up, I kind of thought by the inflection – in your voice that you kind of knew who it was going to be. So let's see if you were right. Here it is, the dumbass clip of the week. You're a stupid dumbass. <laughs> but I'd also say that uh, all the OU fans that are there, maybe about 95% of them didn't go to college at OU, but 100% of the OSU fans that are in my town, all of them went to OSU. So we have a little, we're a little bit more loyal and true at our fan base here, but, you know, they're just a bunch of bandwagoners for sure. Whoa! <laughs> Shut up, dumbass. <clears throat> what a bunch of dumbasses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> there you go. It is courtesy of Dalton Cooper, the Oklahoma State offensive lineman. And uh, Parker, after that clip, uh, went just crazy. Uh, there were many receipts reported that were pulled on uh, Dalton Cooper, who wanted to be an Oklahoma Sooner. Yeah, generally, if you're going to talk smack like that, you'd probably be well advised to clear your Twitter history and make sure you didn't have anything incriminating that OU Twitter can dig up on you. Because as we know, as we have found out time and again, Steely, if there are receipts, the OU Twitter legion will find them. Oh, and they found them all right. They found a lot of them. And, uh, look, these kids get asked about this stuff. Uh, you know, and that's just, it's almost like a broken record. You know, for either school, there's, well, the OU fans, none of them graduated from OU, maybe 5%. And if Oklahoma loses a game, well, it's immediately, it's the Bedlam, all, you know, series record. It's been going on for years and years and years and years. It won't change. But, yes, if you're going to use that line, and Dalton Cooper's been a great offensive lineman for them, there's no doubt. They weren't very good earlier in the year, but he's been uh, that, that old line's been playing great. But at the same time, if you have a history of pro Sooner tweets, loving Baker Mayfield, wearing OU jerseys, all that stuff, you m- might want to reconsider that. So none of it matters when they kick off tomorrow at 2.30, but it is some bedlam fun right there. All right, 405-651-3439 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Let's do it. Cherokee Sooner says, Oklahoma State fans, go to Oklahoma State because they're not good enough to get into OU. Cherokee, coming after them already. Right there. There you go. Big you know, and OKC and, uh, says, I guess I have been bandwagoning for the past 60 years, Dalton. What a doofus. News flash. You get a lot of fans when you're the best. Yeah, we talked about this the other day when the clip first came out. Uh, you know, that's always been a go-to. But here's the deal. If you didn't go to Oklahoma or Oklahoma State 
or maybe your family is not attached to either school, which is pretty rare right now in this state. But if you don't have a real attachment, when you're growing up, guess who people gravitate towards? The winners. Now, Oklahoma State's been winning more, you know, recently. I get it. But Oklahoma has a tradition of winning since Bud Wilkinson got on campus, and really some before that. But I'm talking about nationally known, relevant, blue blood program. So, yeah, that, that happens everywhere, you know. If you're most people in that situation, if they're picking a team and they didn't go to a school and that school doesn't win as much as the other school, they will probably pick the team that has won the most and gets the most attention. 712 Sooner from up in Iowa says, please, Pistol Pete, pick the Pokes. I want the Sooners to win. You know what? I haven't I haven't made it official yet, but you know what? You're right. Who's, I talked to Parker about this yesterday. Who's dead last in the locks of the week right now? Why am I pulling this stunt to try and get out of the cellar? I need a big play. I need a Hail Mary. I need Doug Flutie to Gerard Phelan here in the Orange Bowl. That's what I need. So, But you want me on that OSU wall. You need me on that OSU wall because I have been horrible in picks this year. A listener in the 405 says, I'd give up a playoff berth to whip mule shoes derriere in the Cotton Bowl. <laughs> you know, there are people out there who believe that uh, USC wouldn't play Oklahoma in a bowl game. Now, I, that is really dictated by the conference, right, more than anything else. But um, if somehow they did match up, I would almost guarantee you that Caleb Williams would not play. Because, I, you know, if they're not playing in a meaningful, you know, a semifinal game, uh, maybe, maybe he plays in a New Year's Six. I don't know. But I, I would be really surprised if somehow they got paired in a bowl game, Sooners and SC. I'd be surprised to see Caleb out there. What about you? Uh, I, I don't – look, I – Caleb, the thing I always go back to is the fact that he played the Alamo Bowl when he had no reason to. But that was also before he was the projected number one overall NFL draft pick six months down the road. So who knows? I I would love it if Oklahoma could get matched up with both Muleshoe and Caleb Williams. I mean, that would be the most watched game of bowl season. Not just among... It wouldn't just be the bowl that we would be most excited to see, Steely. I think nationally, that would be an enormous game as far as public attention on it. Zane in Tulsa has an interesting take. He says, am I the only one more impressed with Oklahoma State's run blocking than Gordon's running skills? I think Walker is the better running back. Also, Tulsa can be Oklahoma State's rival thing from now on, seeing that it's a more competitive series where Oklahoma State leads 43-27. to 27. So that'll be more their speed. <laughs> there you go. You know, hey, the O-line, man, they uh, they were not good at all. There was no real continuity with that offense. And I know that, you know, Mike Gundy said, well, you know, we're trying some people out here and there, whatever, okay. Uh, and you think in those games, you know, you, you had to go to Arizona State. Now, Arizona State's not anything, you know, tremendous. But, you know, that's not just easy to go out to Tempe and win. Uh, but at the same time, the South Alabama game, was a total beatdown. 
And, uh, yeah, they've, they've turned it around. And uh, I love what Trace Ford said the other day on another radio station that, uh, now, they didn't have to figure out that Ollie Gordon was really good. We all knew it a year ago. So am I saying he's Barry Sanders? No. Am I saying he's Thurman Thomas? No. But I'm saying he's a really good running back. So I know this. You can't arm tackle that guy. And not only are they going to have to tackle him in space running the football, but I think because what Mike Gundy talked about, that the Sooners will try and load up the box, they will throw it to him also. So you you better be ready to tackle that guy, man. Or because he's the kind of guy you miss one tackle, he takes it to the house. So uh, From a 405 a listener, my sons work with two guys who graduated from Oklahoma State but ROU fans, and I have two neighbors who are OSU alums but ROU fans. I seriously doubt that there are any OU alums who are Oklahoma State fans. Not not many that I know of. Not many that I know of. That's for sure. Okay. Let's stay on the clock, so let's take a break right here. Don't forget we got Brandon Drum coming up at 135. We'll talk about the Sooners recruiting hall. Two more from Carl Albert, not just Marcus James, but Trene Washington as well yesterday. So Brandon will join us coming up at 135. More of your texts on the way, 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. OEC Fiber Football Friday here from Riverwind. Stay with us on the ref. Riverwind on a Friday, an OEC Fiber Football Friday, one of my favorite places, Riverwind Casino, so many great things to do, great promotions, tremendous concerts. We'll be back in action next Thursday at the uh, Showplace Theater. Aaron Lewis on the 9th, Flatland Cavalry on the 10th. And uh, it's going to be a great, great situation with all these shows on the way. Justin Moore, November 18th. Pete Davidson's comedy, December 3rd at the Showplace Theater. That's right, SNL's Pete Davidson. Lee Bryce, December 15th. Ron White, man. Blue Collar Comedy Tour back in the day. Ron White, legendary. December 30th, Midland in concert on New Year's Eve at the Showplace Theater. Then we'll uh, usher in the new year, 2024, in January with Boys to Men. January 12th, comedian Joe Coy, January 27th. And then Scotty McCreary, headlines February, February 23rd. Many more great shows to come, as I've talked about. We had Earth, Wind, and Fire. We had Chicago. We had REO Speedwagon, we had Counting Crows, we had Collective Soul, we had Foreigner. We've had some unbelievable shows already. So great to have the Showplace Theater back. Always check the very latest lineup, uh, you know, of concerts at Riverwind because they are really, really awesome. Okay, Uh, Parker Thune, by the way, your tweet yesterday at me was outstanding with the Gales of November and Lake Superior. Are we going to get an encore? Did that not mesmerize you, seeing those gigantic waves? And what we're talking about, many of you know, if you're a longtime listener of this show, I did uh, sing a rendition of the Edmund Fitzgerald because I had talked about the one time I did it on stage at karaoke. We were messing with people, and this was a long, long time ago in a, in a very far galaxy away. But so I, I chose the Edmund Fitzgerald, which is nearly seven minutes as my karaoke song. And they tried to boo me off the stage. They would not get me off the stage. But I just pulled an Andy Kaufman and just kind of kept a straight face and kept singing. So I reenacted that on the radio. 
and the Edmund Fitzgerald wrecks capsized in Lake Superior because the gales of November came early on Lake Superior. Well, I Steely, they might have split up. They might have capsized. They may have That's broke right. deep and took water. There you go. See, you like that song now, which I think is awesome because it's a very haunting, catchy song. I remember as a kid when I heard that, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is the worst thing ever. Those poor sailors, or not sailors, I guess they were just, no, I they don't were know sailors. what they were doing. Yeah, they were sailors, you know, especially when the captain told him, fellas, it's been good to know you, you know. I really felt for him. But that was a, that tweet, whoever got the uh, picture of the waves in Lake Superior, uh, because that's where that ship sank, and Gordon Lightfoot sang that famous song about it. But I'll tell you what I did. I was so captivated by that, that video that I let that video roll. I pulled up the Edmund Fitzgerald on Spotify and listened to it while watching those waves crashing at Lake Superior. Wow, was it a spiritual experience for you? It was, very much so. And we just lost Gordon Lightfoot in the last year, so it was very moving. So yes. here's here's the deal, right. Steely. Here's the deal. Next Friday is the anniversary of the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. The 48th anniversary, if memory serves me correctly. So can we get an encore next Friday? I mean, we might put it to a boat. I guess, yeah, we might, we might get one if if the listeners want an encore. I'll try and give them an encore. Sure, why not? Okay. Okay. Speaking of the listeners, let's uh, let's get to that Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. Ohio Sooner says my mom grew up in Cleveland with some of the kids of some of the sailors on the Edmund Fitzgerald. Really? Wow. How about that? That's crazy. Uh. Todd in OKC asks, Parker, what kind of player is Trene Washington and where will he play at OU? That's a great question. And I cannot give you an answer right now as to where Trene Washington will play. I just think it's too far out to make that determination. I know that right now the plan is for him to play offense. However, I'm, I'm of the opinion that he ends up getting moved to the defensive side of the ball, especially because – with how much depth and talent Oklahoma has the potential to add in the 2025 class amongst the pass-catching group, if you can take a guy like Trene Washington and he can be a contributor at safety or linebacker or cheetah, then it almost makes sense to push him over to the defensive side because he can make more of a long-term impact there. Uh, by the way, the text line has already been decisive, Steely. Cherokee Sooner, in fact, says, if an encore doesn't happen, we will riot. So, <laughs> it is unanimous right now amongst the listeners that we get another rendition of the Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald next week. We we need a sponsor for this uh, new segment that's popping up now and then. The Old Man Humiliates Himself, brought to you by Phil and your company right there. Sponsors are lining up as we speak. The phone lines are buzzing. Uh, Doug and Norman. Oh, this ought to be good. Doug in Norman says, why are we preoccupied with recruiting Oklahoma high school players? The record against out-of-state teams in 2023 is 16-19. One of the wins was by Bixby, widely acclaimed as the number one team in the state. Bixby is ranked 42nd in the country in the national rankings. 
Obviously, there are some good individual players sprinkled throughout the state, but stop with the narrative that another BV Plus is the emphasis on in-state recruiting. Compared to other states, Oklahoma is not producing players of national D1 quality. Parker, I think Doug's coming after you. I'll let you answer that. I mean, I, we only have a minute and a half till we got to hit a hard break at the top of the hour here. But, Doug, listen, it's not about teams. As you said, it's about individual players. And it just so happens that in the class of 2025, there's a crap ton of individual players that are capable of playing high-end Power 5 football. That's not always the case. Most years in Oklahoma, I would say, you'll get no more than seven or eight guys who are legit P5 talents. Well, in Oklahoma, in the class of 2025, that number is well over a dozen right now. So, I, there won't be, you're not taking eight to 10 kids from the state of Oklahoma every single year, but in the 2025 cycle, it makes sense to because all of these dudes can play high end P5 ball. There you go. Parker is turning more oaky all the time. A year ago, he would have definitely said there is a plethora of really good players in the state of Oklahoma. He just said there is a crap ton of really good players in the state of Oklahoma. Now that, ladies and gentlemen, is an example of being okified right there. (laughs) All right, let's take a break. Hour number two coming up here from Riverwind on an OEC Fiber Football Friday. Keep it here. Yeah, we're talking all right. What else is there to talk about besides Bedlam football? Well, we do have uh, a Thunder in-season tournament game tonight with that funky-looking new court. What is with that? What is with the in-season tournaments? And the NBA thinks it generates more interest because you're playing 82 regular season games, so they're hopeful that will keep fans a little more, uh, you know, uh, excited about early regular season games when football's still rolling around. Hey, this is an in-season tournament game tonight. We better win this Gosh. one. It just feels so. so gimmicky. I I wish professional sports leagues in general would stop with the gimmicks, Steely. Sports were at their best during my childhood years. Now, I'm the one who sounds like an old man shaking my fist. Jeez, the but like, you're yelling at clouds like, now. Holy cow. The 2000s, that was the golden age of sports. Because it was long before the NFL was meddling with reviewable pass interference, long before the MLB was rolling out a pitch clock, long before the NBA or the NBA, excuse me, was painting basketball courts bright blue and putting on an in-season tournament that nobody cares about. Can we just stop with the gimmicks? Can we just let sports be sports the way that we've always known them? Ladies and gentlemen, if you had the over of uh, 25 years for Parker in a rest home, you better take the under because he just went supreme olds right there. This man is scared of technology. He is scared of progress. Uh, he wants sports to go way back. You want to, you know, face masks on the helmets? I want leather too? helmets. Want leather? There you go. <laughs> go back to the Bud Wilkinson era or what? Now, it's, it's great. I do kind of like the look of the court, though. I don't know why. We'll see how it looks during the game tonight. I feel but like it's going to be anyway. very jarring on the broadcast. You know, the worst court in basketball is it's the Oregon court there. 
Right. Uh, College yeah, hoops. That, like models. Uh, just brutal. Ugh. It's like, please. All right. Feel like I need to be uh, smoking some doobie and listening to Dark Side of the Moon to watch a to watch a uh, Oregon basketball game out there. And I I don't do that by the way. But uh, so anyway, uh, Oklahoma Generator. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for sponsoring us during our second hour. They uh, pride themselves on their great reputation of fabulous customer service. They're also Oklahoma's highest rated and longest running Generac dealer. That's a big big brand. In that industry, currently they are offering new customer discounts and 10-year warranties and new installations at Oklahoma Generator. Check them out online, okgen.com, or call them at 405-321-6631. Okay. Uh, The text line is on one right now. This is excellent. Panhandle Sooner says, don't worry about the view of the court on the broadcast. Bally won't get it on. Well, that's true, and we have to rely on – I mean, that is the biggest embarrassment. Uh, if I'm the Thunder, I, I, I'm sure there's a legality involved in contracts and all that stuff, but what an embarrassment. What a freaking embarrassment. We could put KREF Sports TV out there and broadcast a Thunder game, all right? But you've got – Valley sports, and it's happening everywhere, like the Pacers fans and everything. They're all complaining about it. It is it's garbage and just total garbage. But I worked for Sinclair at one point when I was in TV back in the day, and it is a garbage company too. So maybe it doesn't surprise me. All right, uh, let's play a couple clips before we get to the text line. My uncle coming up in the next segment, and by the way, if you haven't heard – Lebby in the Jets. He did play that for T Road this morning. So if you oh haven't boy. missed that, you won't hear it again. It's coming up in the next segment. Uh, let's hear from BV on uh, his coach's show earlier in the week out at Rudy's saying, hey, pretty obvious Sooners cannot afford to have another performance like they had last week. You know what's sitting in front of us right now? Uh, you know, screw around and find out. Isn't that what they say? And, and we did exactly that. And, uh, you know, but our guys are, again, they're, they're sick. Um, they're, they're sick and, uh, you know, because they, they recognize, you know, where we fell short. And, uh, and again, there's no margin for error uh, as, we, as we move forward. That man, there you go. Brent Venables, Brent, Brent must have he listened. Just... <laughs> he must have listened to the OU Insider postgame podcast. Because my uh, very first ever words. In- that yeah. was it? Yeah, my very first nice. words on the postgame podcast Saturday night were, well, folks, as a wise man once said, the more you F around, the more you're going to find out. Brent yeah. Venables yeah. must have had the OU Insider under the Visor postgame podcast on his listen cue for the drive home from Lawrence. I'm sure he did. I love that. I love that. Uh, that was great. Brent referencing in a roundabout way, F around and find out. Uh, okay, so let's uh, let's hear from Mike Gundy uh, on the Orange Power Hour last night. He and let's see what the BS meter reads on this clip. Mike Gundy was asked about Bedlam by Dave Hunziker. As far as Bedlam is concerned, you've been asked about this all week. Can, and, and can you be emotional about it? I mean, can, I mean, well, it's not really emotional. 
But do you do you really can you even stop and think about it right now? I mean, you're getting ready to play. You've got a team on a roll. It's a big yeah. game with all kinds of ramifications beyond yeah. Bedlam. So does your mind even go there? Not really. We're so involved in what we do each week. We're creatures of habit. Coaches across the country, players across the country are in their fourth month of really not a day off and long hours. And so the challenge is to stay mentally and physically involved with what we're doing, coaches and players. The same for me. So I haven't thought much about it. It doesn't cross my mind unless somebody brings it up to me. Mm -hmm. Like, if you wouldn't have brought it up right now, that's not something I think about. But honestly, I think I will next year when the season's going on and I catch myself not having a clue or not really giving any thought to who Oklahoma's playing, what their scores are, who Texas is playing, what their scores are. It's just not things that cross my mind right now. And, and I think once we get into a situation where nobody really cares what they're doing, it'll start to set in that that's pretty weird that yeah. nobody even watches their games or watches the scores. There you go. I had somebody uh, text me about that, send me the link to it, and was thinking, my Gundy's lying like crazy, saying he's not even thinking about Bedlam. But, look, I I think the way that that question was asked, do you have time to think about this being possibly the last Bedlam game for a long time, right? That's what I heard, and Gundy was basically I don't think he was saying – no, we don't think about Bedlam at all. I think he's saying you can't think about this being the last Bedlam. you got to think of, you know, lock in on trying to win the football game, and then after that, then you can reminisce about the last Bedlam. But the Sooner fan was completely convinced uh, that it was Gundy saying he doesn't care, doesn't think about Bedlam at all. I don't know. How did you read that one? With as much as Gundy was talking about Bedlam going away earlier this year and even last year, I, I don't believe that he doesn't think about it at all. I don't believe that Dave Hunziker bringing it up was the only reason Gundy was thinking about it. No, I, I believe he thinks about it. Now, is Mike Gundy sitting in his office day in and day out stewing over the Bedlam rivalry coming to an end? No, I don't think so. But I also don't think it's completely absent from his psyche. If it was, we wouldn't have seen some of the past comments that Gundy has made about this series yeah. and about Oklahoma leaving for the SEC. Yeah, and there have been some jabs. You know, Oklahoma followed Texas, followed the money. That's fine. You know, whatever. But, uh, you know, it's just interesting. The the storylines coming into this game, Oklahoma had a lot of momentum coming out of the Cotton Bowl. They've lost a lot of that momentum. They've been banged up. They haven't played as well. They don't have a ton of momentum coming into this game. The Cowboys were horrible. They were an embarrassment on their own home field against South Alabama. And at one point, people are thinking, man, so what's you going to win like four or five games, maybe five tops? And now we're talking about a team that if they win tomorrow in this game, they've got a pretty easy, like, Autobahn-type road to getting to the Big 12 championship game. And so the fortunes have changed a little bit. And, and there's still plenty out there for Oklahoma, clearly. You need to win this game tomorrow. But... I ask you, Parker Thune, which team is under more pressure tomorrow, OU or OSU? I would say it's Oklahoma. I would, uh, and I, I think the margin is pretty steep there, just because 
Oklahoma is still playing for a playoff berth. Oklahoma State is playing for many things. A playoff berth is not one of them, however. And, look, if Oklahoma State loses tomorrow, then it just turns into another 8-4 and four type of year for the Cowboys, which is the norm. It's what everybody's content with up there. And you figured, okay, well, Oklahoma State lost to South Alabama earlier in the season. They went on a nice run for a little while, but it was always destined to come crashing back down to earth at a certain point. Man, if you're Oklahoma, there is way more at stake for you because the program that your fan base refers to as little brother is going to be able to perpetually point to the scoreboard every single time you bring up that rivalry series. Once you make the transition to the SEC and it'll be 93 to 20 or whatever, but Oklahoma state fans will always be able to hold that final victory over your head. And moreover, it could be the loss that derails your chances, not just of going to the college football playoff, but of playing in the big 12 championship. Yeah, I'm with you. I think more pressure on Oklahoma because the Sooners have more at stake because at least, you know, with the one loss, There's still a path for Oklahoma to the college football playoff. There really isn't one for Oklahoma State. But also the fact that, like I said, you don't want to be on that team that lost the last Bedlam game for the foreseeable future. Because, uh, believe me, there there are Oklahoma players out there who've lost a Bedlam game, and it's, it's not fun because you're expected to win if you're an Oklahoma Sooner. That's just the way it is, and that's the history of the series. All right. We're here at Riverwind Casino. Get on out of here. River Buffet tonight, steak nights, all-you-can-eat steak with uh, all the side dishes, great dessert bar, very inexpensive, a $19.99. Seafood night tomorrow night, $29.99. Very popular as well. Great brunch on Sunday. I'm right here in front of Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant. Also another great choice. They have a revamped uh, food court area, which is big time as well. Always great dining here at Riverwind Casino. Let's take a quick break, and when we get back, my uncle on the T-Row in the Morning Show, and he did do Levy and the Jets, his new hit song. Stay with us. That's next right here on The Ref. OEC Fiber Football Friday, Riverwind Casino, a great place to be, and uh, get on out of here and enjoy all the great promotions. Uh, you can play with your wild card, and uh, next Thursday will be the end of this great promotion, the uh, final championship countdown where you play on select gaming machines, the awesome games, gaming machines, which all of those are labeled with the uh, awesome games machines logos, and you play on those, tally up as many points as you can in your wild card, And the next Thursday, they will determine the five winners in the final championship countdown. Five lucky patrons are going to Arlington uh, for the Big 12 championship game. And you're not just getting tickets. You're getting your airfare, hotel, ground transportation. And the folks here at Riverwind are going to give you $500 cash to make the trip as well. So it'll be a great time for you. Get out and play on the uh, awesome games Gaming machines out here at Riverwind on the newly revamped gaming floor. And if you haven't seen it yet, it's really uh, it's awesome. So get on out here. And, again, they're not just giving away one of these trips. They're giving away five of them. So get out here, play on those designated machines, and maybe you can be going to uh, Jerry World for the Big 12 Championship. All right. Friday means my uncle on the T-Row in the morning show. 
And uh, let's see how that went down today. He did break out his brand-new piano and play a little of Elton John, uh, Levy and the Jets. So here's how it sounded this morning with my uncle and uh, T-Row. Bedlam coming up tomorrow afternoon, and we welcome in now an Oklahoma radio icon, Steely's uncle. Good morning, uncle. T-Row, I would like to start by saying that we are very, very privileged to have you as our play-by-play guy instead of old Dave Bud's liquor up there in still water, all right? <laughs> Thank you, Uncle. I appreciate yeah. that. We we are about to lay the smack down on that Aggie ass in Stillwater tomorrow. You tell them I'm coming. And hell's coming with me, you hear? Now, the first game in this series, 1904, OU won that game 75 to nothing. That's right. The first eight games in the series, OU outscored the Aggies. Two hundred and forty to zero. Wow. The reason? The Aggies are an inferior being. <laughs> but you pig farming, goat roping, sod busting, bad football playing oh losers wow. who brag about those titles and tiddly weeks, equestrian and wrestling. It you cannot count anything but revenue-producing sports. Everything else is BS. And then the Aggies can't win one in football, so what do they do? They make up some bogus 1945 natty that's phonier than the $3 bill. Mike Gumby's had his tail kicked so many times in this series, he probably has an OU logo on both butt cheeks. I don't want oh. to find out, but I bet it's true. Yeah, I, I don't want to find out either. Uh, your uncle's fired up today. It sounds like you're optimistic about how the Sooners will play tomorrow. Well, let me just tell you, the combination to my safe with all my valuables is 91-19-7. The history of the Bedlam series. I, uh, T-Row... I went out and brought my, I bought myself an old piano at the pawn shop. Wow. Uh, I'm a little bit tired of the jet sweep with Levy, so I, I've got a song for you. I pinned for you. I'm going to walk right over here to the piano wow. right now, a and we're going to play. Uh, okay. Uh, it's, about, it's about a minute and a half. Uh, I hope you enjoy this Sooner Nation. It's called Levy and the Jets. Offense not looking good because Levy's running jet sweeps. Keeps calling these, he's not gonna be around. You need to get the offense better because to get off the ground. Oh, tell me, Ref Army, have you seen them yet? Yeah, they're just so played out. La 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 la, Levy and the Jets. Yes, they're weird, but not wonderful. Oh, Lambie's not really keen. He's got a Heisman cue, Tommy Walker too, but he's still running another jet sweep. No! Lambie and the Jets. 
I didn't know you could sing like that, Uncle. That's impressive. How do you like that, Tiro? I have signed a deal. I will be pe- appearing at the dugout on Drown Night at a later date uh, that I will let you guys know about soon. Uh, that sounds good. That sounds good. Well, hopefully we don't see as many tomorrow. What's the score going to be, Uncle? Well, I, I got to tell you, Aggies are playing decent football for the bleeping Aggies, so it might be kind of close, all right? I all right. Might have to might have to sweat it out a little bit up there, right? you know what I'm saying? It might be yeah. kind of close. I got OU 63-7. With Jackson Arnold taking a knee just so we don't put 70 on their ass. Okay. They're going to keep it tight tomorrow. 63-7 to seven is your final prediction. Jackson Arnold is a tribute to Samaje P. Ryan. Takes a knee at the Aggie one-yard line. I love it. I love it. And I love the song, Uncle. Extra effort by you today. Tremendous. Boomer freaking sooner, baby. See ya. See you, Uncle. <laughs> there you go. All right, there you go. Uh, Did he just the pull jet. an owl there at the end? I, I probably, yeah, I think he did. I think he did, yes. You think Jackson Arnold will take a knee at the one-yard line and it's going to be 63-7? Uh, to seven? I think Sooner fans would be happy about that. I'm just impressed Probably. with the fact that Uncle, that Uncle hit those high notes in the song. I did not imagine <laughs> his vocal register was going to climb that high. <laughs> I don't know. There were some dogs wailing out there, I'm sure. So his lyric, you know, I don't think he's a, a Bernie Taupin, who was uh, Elton John's lyricist for uh, many, 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 many years. But I, I don't know. The lyrics were decent. I like the uh, he's got a Heisman cue. Tawi Walker, too, and he's going to run another jet sweep. No. Levy in the Jets. So there you go. All right. Um, somebody is asking me, what do you guys know about the Jalil Farouk, Farouk situation? What is the latest, <laughs> oh, Parker gosh. Thune? I, I knew this was going to get around at some point. Has it been mentioned on these airwaves already today? Did Toby yeah, or TJ Plank, Plank got- talk about it? Plank uh, got into it for a little bit. I okay. guess it involves parking violations. Uh, well, traffic violations. Basically, uh, <laughs> what, what's, the, what's the best way to put this? Jalil Farouk just isn't a very good driver. And so, like, <laughs> no NASCAR career in his future. Yeah, no. And so, anybody who's like worried about this affecting Jalil Farouk's status, I. This feels like, from everything I know about this situation, something that's going to blow over very quickly. I may, maybe he gets suspended for like a quarter tomorrow. I don't know. But, yes, in technicality, he was, quote-unquote, arrested last night. But he was arrested for nothing that would be considered a major violation of the law. He's just really not a very good driver. And that that had added up in the form of several minor traffic incidents that had given him a record with the Norman Police Department. Nothing negligent, nothing willfully stupid. Again, I, apparently the guy's just not a very good driver. So are you really going to shelve a guy because he has the driving ability of Toonses the Cat from SNL? No, I don't think so. <laughs> there you go. All right. Who's another bad driver? Mr. Magoo, of course, was a very bad driver. Of course, he was uh, legally blind. 
So uh, Tunch is the cat, had a tendency to go over cliffs, you know. But, uh, yeah, strange. Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to amount to anything tomorrow. We'll see. But uh, maybe he needs to go to a driving academy. I don't know. Maybe do him All right. good. Yeah. Maybe they Here can add that as a uh, facet of the soul mission. Driver's Why not? Ed. Why not? Yeah. All right. We're here at Riverwind. It's an OEC Fiber Football Friday. Our friend Brandon Drum, OU Insider, joining us next. We'll talk about the two commitments, not just one, two. Yesterday from Carl Albert, kids, Marcus James, Trené Washington coming to Oklahoma. And we'll talk about what's ahead, visits coming up for uh, the West Virginia game and more. We'll do that next right here on The Ref. Weekly visit with Brandon Drum here on Steel Band and Thune Friday edition. OEC Fiber Football Friday here from Riverwind Casino. All right, Brandon, before we jump into the recruiting stuff, and uh, Brandon is with us again on the Riverwind Casino Hotline, biggest memory for you as a kid following uh, the Bedlam Series and the biggest memory for you as a uh, reporter uh, covering the Sooners? What would they be in terms of your two biggest Bedlam memories? Uh, I guess the, the biggest memory as a kid uh, 92, 93, I can't remember what year it was. We, My family took me up to Stillwater for the first time. Uh, Gundy's team beat them pretty handily. And uh, I guess I was, a, I was, I probably was eight, nine years old, and beer bottles were being thrown at me. So um, it, was a, it, was, it was a different time, different era. It's kind of funny when you look back at it now. Um, but as far as a reporter goes, probably, uh, I guess the Baker Mayfield 2015, the, the, we're the new sheriffs in town when all the quarterbacks had the Fu shoes. So I guess that would probably be one of the better ones um, as far as I can remember that. Because I think that was the year that, to me, that what Oklahoma became as a program between now and then started there because they were playing for the Big 12 title, uh, and Baker's group kind of set the tone for what the program was to become later on. Okay, Brandon, before we get to recruiting, uh have to touch on this whole Jalil Farouk situation because obviously it's a very trivial thing much ado about nothing for the most part the text line has maintained a good sense of humor about it thankfully ronnie crimson says hearing that drake dyken's new favorite player is jalil farouk oh geez know that joke <laughs> e freaky from illinois says laws exist for a reason parker it's what separates us from the animals suspend him from running back duties for the year but brandon Fair and, enough. yeah but brandon I, you're obviously privy to this situation as well just how low is the concern level with this whole Jalil Farouk situation? I mean, it's pretty low. I, the, the only thing that really is outside of him not showing up for a court and paying his fines is the fact that he's an awful driver. Um, <laughs> but that's about it. That's about it. I mean, the dude needs to and, – and for those that don't understand, like the kid grew up in D.C. I doubt he drove 
until he got to Oklahoma. Um, so his level of driving acumen is probably pretty low. I mean, running over a curb, you know, uh, not yielding, those are pretty trivial things. But at the same time, they're, they're laws, and uh, there's a reason why they have them there. Uh, he just – it seems to me like he's learning to drive, and I'm just going to leave it at that. Maybe like he – but the, the funny thing is, is they say suspending from running back. The dude played running back in high school. That's kind of the crazy part about the whole deal about him fumbling and every, obviously Levy and all that. It's, it's just kind of humorous that he was a running back in high school. That's what he played. So he, he has – he's probably a better running back than he is a driver at this point, unfortunately. Brandon Drum, our guest. All right, let's move on to recruiting. Yesterday, uh, everybody expected, yeah, Marcus James committed to Oklahoma today, Carl Albert Titan. But then you not only get Marcus James, but Trene Washington. Obviously, mm-hmm. that was a huge day for Sooner fans. Yeah, I mean, Trene committed at the UCF game. Those people that are on OU Insider, uh, I hinted on it, and I kind of brought it back up yesterday. I was like, look, this thread was started. And I said, look, there's another player that's committed that's going to be announcing the first week in November. And it was Trene. He announced, I guess, when they were on the field, um, or at least told Venables when he was on the field uh, prior to the UCF game that he was going to commit. And so he did it right then and there and uh, kept it really, really quiet uh, and good for him um, because it was a really cool surprise, really cool announcement. He's been Kevin Sperry's kind of go-to guy at Carl Albert. Uh, he's one of the better players on that team, obviously, and he's he's a very underrated player. I don't know what he's going to play at high school at the, at the college level. I mean, but I mean, it doesn't matter. He's a football player. He's good at whatever he does. He's a great athlete. He's got a great frame. Uh, just an outstanding player, as far as Marcus James goes. He's going to be a big-time top 250 kid when it's all said and done. He's going to be one of the better linebackers in the country. Super raw, super athletic, super twitchy, already has a grown man's body. Um, he's, he's just – it's a, two really good gifts for Oklahoma moving forward. And uh, I'm going to go out tonight as Carl Albert plays my uh, high school alma mater, Piedmont. Boom. There you go. What's, what's the Piedmont mascot, Brandon? Wildcat, it's so generic. There you go. Former Piedmont Wildcat, Brandon Drum, returning to the old stomping grounds. But, Brandon, let's talk about a little bit of – let's talk about the shifting recruiting dynamics within the state of Oklahoma as it pertains to this pending matchup that we're going to witness tomorrow up in Stillwater, the final bedlam between Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. But as you see Brent Venables and his staff – be more proactive on the trail in evaluating, offering, mm-hmm. and pursuing some of the kids from within state lines that under the former regime might not have been given a second look. How much do you feel that this takes a bite out of Mike Gundy's business model, which obviously is to identify some of those under-recruited talents from within a reasonable local radius, bring them in, and develop them? I think – the prime example is Trenay Washington, right? Like he would have been a prime guy that notoriously would have been an Oklahoma State guy uh, in previous years. 
And 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 I I want to make this clear, like from 1999 to about 2011, while Venables was around, and probably more so with Stoops around, that was Oklahoma's model as well. I mean, they missed out on a few guys, obviously here and there over the years that Gundy did a really good job evaluating. Um, but for the most part, this really does hurt Oklahoma State, the fact that you go and you look at all the top 10 in 2025, and they've all pretty much, for the most part, have Oklahoma offers or are going to have Oklahoma offers when it's all said and done, and chances are they're going to be Sooners. And that's that's a blow not only to Oklahoma State, but it's a blow to Tulsa, it's a blow to Kansas, Kansas State, Texas Tech, TCU, uh, Baylor, even Texas A&M, Arkansas, these programs that have come in and taken guys that Oklahoma weren't going to offer in in the previous regime, and they've made a killing off of it. And guys that have gotten to be really good players at the next level well, now Oklahoma's going in and doing that exact exact thing, and they're going to base their recruitment on what they can get out of the state of Oklahoma, what they can get out of the state of Kansas, Kansas City area, and the DFW area, and then they're going to branch off after that. And they call that the state of Oklahoma. The state of Oklahoma goes all the way up to the Nebraska border, all the way down south of the DFW area. And that I've, I've talked to numerous people inside the Switzer Center, and that is the state of Oklahoma, and they're going to grab as many guys as they can from that region, and then they're going to build off of it. And that's how you get a really good recruiting class because you take away everybody else in this region, and as long as they're elite athletes and they can play at the next level, uh, they're probably going to be ranked because Oklahoma's offered them. And people start to look, and they find out that, hey, these guys can play. Um, so it's going to help Oklahoma. It's going to help in a big way because it, it just it means more for these kids to play for the University of Oklahoma because that's what they grew up loving. And notoriously, these national title teams have had strong Oklahoma vibes to them. And Venables believes that, and they're trying to get back to that. Yeah, and uh, it can also help your continuity of your roster with kids aren't yep. as likely to leave, you know, obviously right. through the portal or, if you know, that kind of thing. So I think you I think you nailed it. Brandon, appreciate it all, as always. Thank you so much. Talk to you next week. All right, thanks, guys. Brandon Drum, OU Insider, joining us right here on The Ref, the home of Sooner fans here at Riverwind Casino, the one and only Riverwind Casino, simply the best. Great promotions, great concerts. They've got a world-class hotel you can stay at if you're coming in from out of town, you want to stay overnight or whatever. Uh, you have that option because the hotel is big time as well, like everything else here at Riverwind Casino. Okay, break time. Interesting text coming in. I'll just throw it out there. Steely, who were the biggest Pain in the buttocks, Oklahoma State players through the years in the rivalry. Hmm. All right. Well, I don't. Problematic for Sooner fans, I guess, is the question there. We can talk about that when we get back. Stay with us here on the ref. 
All right, we are back here at Riverwind. Get on out of here. Participate in the final championship countdown. Earn points on selected gaming machines out here. Play with your wild card. And uh, if you finish in the top five patrons from now through November 9th, you're going to win a uh, trip to the Big 12 championship game in the final championship countdown. Not just tickets to the game. You know, you're getting your airfare, hotel, ground transportation, and the good people here at Riverwind are giving you $500 of spending money as well. Not one person winning. There will be five lucky patrons winning in this contest. So get on out here. Play on specified gaming machines. They're the awesome gaming company, the awesome games uh, machines. They have those noted here. I'm like I'm on the air right now. Um, They're on the uh, awesome games machines. And, uh, again, just come on out and play with those. And if you finish in the top five, you will, again, get a uh, trip to the Big 12 championship game. I don't know. Somebody was trying to ask me something here. I have no idea what I was doing, but neither do I. Okay. Uh, So, ask via a text message, who are the biggest pains in the ass in uh, Bedlam? in terms of Cowboys against the Sooners. And I, I, I'm just thinking about Bedlam football here. But, and Parker maybe I don't know, his limited Bedlam experience and the uh, history of Oklahoma wins might be tough for him. But for me, I'm going to say Les Miles. I mean, Les Miles won two. Les Miles didn't back down from Oklahoma. You know, he was crazy. We found out he was really crazy later. But uh, Les Miles would be one, I would think. Uh, you got to throw Rashawn Woods in there. Great receiver for the Cowboys. Um, Terry Miller, 1976, had the long touchdown run down the sideline in Norman as the Cowboys won that game. And I think it wasn't it a uh, three-way tie for the Big 12 championship or the Big 8 championship that year, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was Colorado, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Or maybe it was Nebraska. But I, Oklahoma State got a share. Anyway, and Brandon Whedon, I mean, he quarterback who beat Oklahoma by uh, nearly three touchdowns uh, back in, what, 2011, that game in Stillwater. I don't know uh, who else. That Those would be my four. I'm going to go with Terry Miller, Rashawn Woods, Les Miles, Brandon Whedon. Uh, Parker, thinking about this, Special teams are always in an even football game. And no doubt, I think Oklahoma has a better roster. But when you consider all the factors, how how much momentum Oklahoma State has and everything, and this snake pit atmosphere that's going to be there at 2.30 tomorrow, um, you know, this this to me is a really tight fit kind of football game. Special teams, man, the Sooners have not been really good Remember two years ago, we all remember, man, there should have been a P.I. in the end zone, and then Muleshoe departed in his, the, the black uh, SUV and was out of there. But really the Sooners were getting ready to win that football game, and then Eric Gray fumbled a punt, right? Yeah, that, that was one of those games, Steely, much like Kansas last week, where you can't really point to one specific thing, one specific play or one moment is the reason why Oklahoma lost the game. They did just enough all around on several particular occasions throughout the game to make sure that Oklahoma State had enough leeway to squeak out a win in the end. And 
Caleb Williams very nearly rescued OU that night. I want to say, was it like a 53-yard scramble on that final drive to set Oklahoma up with a legit chance to win? And then, of course, you got the P.I. no call on Trayvon West, and Mule Shoe seemed highly indifferent to the outcome. I mean, it's... Yeah, that that was a weird night. That's that's a night I have to remind myself that it happened because everything about that week has kind of blended into my memory in the whole experience of Muleshoe announcing his departure and feeding into the coaching search and all of that. Like I I have to actively make myself recall what happened throughout the contest in that Bedlam game. If you re- recall Austin Stogner had one of the most impressive plays of yeah. his career. Brayden yeah. Willis caught a really acrobatic touchdown from Caleb Williams. There was there was a lot of good in that game for Oklahoma, and then it all kind of came crashing down in the second half, and most specifically the fourth quarter. Special teams, though. Uh, Brennan Presley had a long kickoff return touchdown yep. for Oklahoma State. Like I said, special teams really hurt Oklahoma uh, in that loss two years ago, and they'll play a vital role as they always do. And the Sooners got to be better, man. Both of these kickers <laughs> have struggled, so we'll see if it's Hale or if it's Schmidt in a, a potential game-winning situation if they can come through. So, a lot of things uh, you know that are going to be very interesting in this football game coming up tomorrow, no doubt about it. All right, um, how about K State Texas tomorrow? What are you thinking? You you like K State, correct? Right. I do like it's kind of hard not to like K State the way that they're playing right now. And just given the fact that Texas is down to a backup court. And look, I'm not convinced there is that much of a drop off from Quinn Ewers to Malik Murphy. But you look at the last two weeks for the Houston Cougars, they took Texas all the way down to the wire, 31 to 24, the final in that football game. And it took an egregious officiating error to keep the Cougars from having a chance to tie and or win that game in the final minute. Well, then the next week, they match up with Kansas State, and the Wildcats beat the brakes off them, Steely. 41-0 was the final in that football game. So, again, common opponents don't necessarily tell the whole story, but objectively, Kansas State is playing much more impressive football right now than Texas. Now, are they a better football team than Texas? Are they a more talented football team than Texas? I wouldn't say so, at least not for the moment. But Kansas State just always has that little – they've got that extra gear, man, and it comes down to culture. It comes down to being well-coached. I'm a big fan of Chris Kleiman and the program he's built there, and I do like Kansas State to go to Austin and win that football game tomorrow. It's going to be a fun day tomorrow. Got some good stuff happening uh, right after Bedlam. You go straight into Muleshoe versus Washington, which will be fun. You've got Alabama, LSU, uh, some other big matchups nationally. That's It's going to be another fun football Saturday. All right, we're out of time. Parker's going to hang around and get locked in, of course, uh, with Tyler McComas coming up right here on the ref. 10.30 for our pregame show tomorrow for Bedlam right here on the ref. Want to thank Justin and everybody out here at Riverwind Casino. They are awesome. Thank you guys. Teddy's going to be out here from three to six as well. Enjoy your football weekend. Have a fabulous Friday. We'll see you.